Welcome to jrootradio.com. This is the Halakha Hour on Jroot Radio. We are here on Wednesday afternoon at 2 o'clock live. Uh, let me give you the numbers to the station before we begin. The numbers to call in to ask your question. We are in the middle of the Halakhot of Motsa'i Shabbat, in the middle of the Halakhot of Havdalah, specifically the Halakhot of Samim and the Halakhot of Boreme Orei Ha'esh. So if you have any questions on these specifically, you could call into the following number, 718-683-5858. Again, that's 718-683-5858. If you'd like to text in your questions or comments, the number is 347-927-8398. I'd like to apologize from the beginning. If you send in your text, I try to get to it right away. But if I don't get to it right away, you should know we do answer all the texts that we we get, either through the class, or afterwards, we answer Bezat Hashem when we come, when uh, we be, after the end of the class, we stay around also to answer the questions. Also, if you would like to call off the air after 3 o'clock, you call in again to 718-683-5858. We have no sponsors for this week's class as of yet. If anybody would like to stir, you could text in 347-927-8398. Text in your uh, name and any name that you'd like to sponsor in honor of. And now we get to the class, Bezat Hashem. The class is... Okay, we already have a, a question on. Let's see. Hello? Hello? Yes, you're on the Halakha Hour? Yeah. Yes, So I want to know um, which kind of things are, uh, are uh, acceptable um, for the, to use as a, as a smell for the Samim. Okay, very good question. I can tell from your question that you're uh, Ashkenazi. So no, I'm a, I'm mixed actually. <laughs> you're mixed. Okay, yeah. Baruch Hashem. That's good. You got to get the best we, of all We we grew up with uh, with um, um, the mint leaves. Okay. The nana, you know the yeah, nana. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Okay. So now, the best thing to use for Motzei Shabbat for the Havdalah is to use the uh, hadasim that they call the myrtle branch. Hello. Yes, yes. You still there? Okay. It's to use the uh, Hadassim. Those are the best things to use for Motzei Shabbat for the, uh, for the Besamim. That's only make sure that it has a good smell. We'll talk about it, We're going to speak about it in depth a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, just no, just because complete. the ones, the, the dried ones, I find them very off-putting. That's so, right. Yes. Yeah. So, if you, okay, that's another point that you're mentioning also, that if you don't like the smell of something, you can't use it. Right. So, it has to be something that you enjoy smell. So, the Nana leaves... If you pick them or if you're grabbing them in order to smell them for Motzei Shabbat and you enjoy the smell, then you make a berakha. But if you pick the nana leaves in order to cook, you know, to make tea with it or to mm-hmm. use it for spices, then you're going to have an issue. We're going to talk about it in detail a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. So the okay. khathila, again, the best thing is hadasim. If you don't have hadasim, you take anything that has a good smell. Try to avoid fruits because fruits are a little bit complicated. And what you know, about perfume? Perfume, I'm going to speak about... the whole about. idea is to be Imran and the Neshama, no? Yes, yes, yes. Perfume, I'm going to speak about. It's not as simple. There are... But you should know, if one does use perfume, you have big, big guns to, to rely on. Those Acham Ben Sion and Ravavadia Yosef, both of them are matir to use mm-hmm. perfume for Motzei Shabbat. I'm going to talk about it later on also as okay, well. Okay, great. Okay? Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank Bye. you, Paul. Okay, so now let's get to the, uh, to the class. But first you have to announce the numbers. If a person would like to listen on the phone, if you don't have internet access, the number is 718-506-9099. And if that's busy, then you try 
432-4217. These are numbers to listen, jrootradio.com, as well as the JRoot Radio Pro app. And now let's get to the class. We are, like the caller just called, we are in the middle of discussing the halakhot of Besamim and the halakhot of uh, the candle for Motzei Shabbat for Havdalah. We'll begin from the beginning. I was told again to announce also that you could watch online, you could watch this live. There's a video actually live right now. You could see what's going on. If that makes a difference, well, it's a class. You can listen. So let's begin. We mentioned last week that the, there are four blessings to the Havdalah, and they are Rashet Evot Yavne Yud Bet Nun He. Yud is Yayin Bet is Besamim Nun is Ner the candle, and He is the Havdalah. That's the final blessing. We're up to the second blessing, the blessing of Besamim. First question we have to understand. We have to ask ourselves: Why in the world are we making? The blessing of on a good smell on Motzei Shabbat. What in the world does it have to do with anything? I understand Havdalah, so that's the last blessing. I understand Hagefin, because every time you make a Beracha, uh, you make a mitzvah that's very hashub, we put wine with it, like Kiddush, Brit Milah, weddings. We mentioned this in the past. What about Besamim? So we have a few answers. Let's begin with the most famous one that everybody knows, and that's what the college is called recently about, and that's the opinion of the Tosafot. Tosafot says, you know why we make a bracha of Besamim Motzei Shabbat? That's because the Neshama Yetera goes away. And like a relative that comes over for Shabbat, and he's leaving now after Shabbat, he's going back home. So you feel a little sadness when, you, when he leaves. So too, when the Neshama Yetera goes away, so the Neshama that's there already feels very sad, and therefore we want to give it something to uh, inspire it. We want to give it something to make it feel better. And the only thing that the soul benefits from, that is, the, one, the only sense that the soul benefits from is the sense of smell. And that's why we bring the best. I mean, that's the most famous answer, the answer of the Tosafot. However, we have two other answers, and actually they will make a difference in Halakha. The answer, the second answer is the opinion of the Bah. The Bah, the Bayit Hadash, the commentary on the tour. He explains something very interesting. He says, you know why? The Zohar tells us that on Shabbat, Gehinnam shuts off. The fire in Gehinnam is off on Shabbat, and all the people who are supposed to be burned get a break over Shabbat. Of course, if they kept Shabbat. Motzei Shabbat though, the fire comes back on. And since the fire comes back on, there's a stench that comes from the fire and therefore we don't feel it, our bodies don't sense it, but our neshama, which is spiritual, could smell that stench that's coming from Gehinnam and therefore we give it the good smell in order to alleviate it from that stench. It's kind of like, you know, when you put on the heat for the first time in your house, when, when it's a winter time, it makes that smell. So, it's the same thing over here. It's the beginning of the week. It's the first time that the smell of Gainam is coming about. We had a break. The Neshama had a break over Shabbat. And that's why we make the Brachah Besamim to alleviate our Neshama from the smell that it senses from Gainam. The third answer is Rabbeinu Bahi. The Rabbeinu Bahi explains, based on the Gemara, of course, the Gemara says two points. Number one is, the Gemara says that a good smell strengthens a person. In fact, a lot of smells still today, if a person is fainting, they give him something good to smell and it revives a person. That's one point. The other point that the Gemara says is that a person on the third day of anything is usually weaker. What does that mean? Well, we find in Parashat Vayirad that Abraham Abinu had a Brit Milah and on the third day of his Brit Milah, he was, he was visited by Malachim and he was in tremendous pain. Usually the third day after surgery or the third day after something, a person usually feels weaker. 
This is why the Gemara says that we don't fast. And that once upon a time, they used to fast all week in order that the Korbanot should be accepted in Beit HaMikdash. They never fasted though on Sunday. Why not? So one of the answers that the Mepharshim bring based on the Gemara is that the third day is Sunday, the third day of creation. Adam was created on a Friday. So Friday is the first day, Shabbat is the second day, and the third day is Sunday. Usually on the third day, a person is usually weaker. And says the Rabbeinu Bahia, based on that, we give the Besamim. By the way, you can find it's Rabbeinu Bahia in Parashat Vayishlah. Based on that, we give the Besamim, we, to the, we smell the Besamim on Motzei Shabbat because it's really Sunday. And where the body is with the Neshama and the whole body is naturally weaker, so that's why we give the smell in order, we smell the besamim in order to revive ourselves, to strengthen our, ourselves. Those are the three reasons are brought down. Now that, now that we're talking about these reasons, I'm going to go a little bit into it, something very, very interesting. And just to clarify, because that's the purpose over here, we want to clarify this point about the neshama yetera. We all speak about the neshama yetera, you get an exosol. What does that mean? You'll be surprised if you look into the Rishonim, how they explain neshama yetera, it's not as simple. We are used to understanding the way the Zohar explains. The Zohar says that you f- you really, you get a Neshama Yitara. It's as simple as that. We all have one soul on Shabbat. We have an extra soul that comes from Gan Eden. These are the souls of other tzaddikim that are already in Gan Eden. They come down to this world to partake in the pleasures of this world on Shabbat. And each one who is planning to keep Shabbat gets that Neshama of one of those Sadiqi from Gan Eden. That's the way the Zohar explains it. That's the way we usually understand it. However, the Rishonim didn't explain it really that way. The Rashi brings down, Rashi says, you know what Neshama Yitara is? Neshama Yitara gives a person an appetite. It means that a person on Shabbat has an appetite to eat and enjoy his food without feeling bad. You ever overeat? You know that feeling when you overeat, it it hurts and it, it kills you. You can't eat so much. And although you're enjoying the moment when the food is going down your throat, but afterwards, you get this horrible feeling that you overate. On Shabbat, a person has a, an appetite. You see all the delicious food that we eat, and we eat so much of it. We have a sauda in the evening, sauda in the daytime, and we eat a lot, and we're still enjoying it. We don't have a bad feeling or a heavy feeling after eating it. That, according to the Rashi, is called the Neshama Yetera. Once Shabbat leaves, we don't have that Neshama Yetera anymore. We don't have that feeling anymore. Ibn Ezra brings, and he says, the Neshama Yitra gives us the ability to understand spiritual matters better. That's the meaning of Neshama Yitra. What might be difficult throughout the week to understand, mean to say, like let's say Torah or uh, spiritual concepts, we have it easier on Shabbat because of this Neshama Yitra that Gemara tells us that we have. And I believe the father of the Shla explains that really these two answers of the Rashi and fit together. It means that because we have the ability to enjoy food and to not feel bad after eating, therefore we're able to concentrate and focus on our spirituality and understand spiritual matters more. That is the concept of Neshama Yitra. In any case, whatever explanation you want to go with, which most of us are used to the Kabbalah one, the Mikubalim, we lose it, on, we lose it already, Motza'e Shabbat. Now the other answer we said is the Bach. The Bach says that the smell of, Gan- of Gehinnam. According to the Bach, not everybody agrees with this, but according to the Bach, not only does Gehinnam shut off on Shabbat, but also shuts off on Yom Tov. Which means, which means that since the Gehinnam shuts off on Shabbat and Yom Tov, right? So that means whenever Motza'e Shabbat is Yom Tov, we will not make it Bachav Besamim. 
Because in order to make the bracha of besamim, you need both answers. The answer of Rabbi Bahir you always have, but you'll need all the opinions in order to make the bracha. And this makes it much more simpler. Let's give you examples. We just gave an example. Motzei Shabbat is Yom Tov. We don't make the bracha of besamim then. Why? Although the Neshama Yitra does leave us, we don't have a Neshama Yitra except for Shabbat. On Yom Tov, we do not have a Neshama Yitra. Still, we will not make a bracha of Besamim on a good smell because, why? Because Gehinam is also shut off according to the Bach. Another example. What about Motza'e Yom Tov when the, hol- when the holidays finish? Let's say the holiday is on Monday and Tuesday. So Tuesday night, we should, we're making Havdalah. How come we don't make a bracha of Besamim? And the answer is the same thing. Because we don't have a Neshama Yetera. That, because Neshama Yetera only comes on Shabbat. Although Gehinam is coming back on, but we don't have the Neshama Yetera, and therefore we will not make the Beracha of Besamim. This will be true also on Motza'e Shabbat, which is Tisha Be'av. Whenever Tisha Be'av falls on Motza'e Shabbat, so Gehinam is back on, and Neshama Yetera leaves us. However, in this case over here, we don't want to feel better because it's Hurban Abayit. We're mourning the Beit HaMikdash and therefore, even though we should have technically made the Besamim, but we don't want to feel better on the sad day of Tisha B'Av and therefore we won't make a Beracha. Now, just to point out we're, uh, a, a very quick Halakha, although we said on Tisha B'Av, we don't put on, we don't uh, make the Beracha Besamim because we don't want the person to, we don't want to feel better when we're mourning the Beit HaMikdash this is not true to a regular mourner. A person who is an avail, a person who is mourning, does make the bracha of Besamim Motzei Shabbat like the regular berachot that he does throughout his mourning period. The only thing is only by Tisha B'ab, which is a public mourning, it's a universal mourning on all of us, that's why we don't make a bracha of Besamim. But you should know, we, even though we just finished Tisha B'av, even on Tisha B'av, if a person wants to make the Beracha of Besamim, not in order to feel better, but because he wants to have an extra blessing, you could make a Beracha on Besamim. Let's get to now to the Ben Yishai, because this is, after all, a class from the Ben Yishai, Halachatit. What to use for Besamim? And this is what the person just called to ask. We're going to start from the Ben Yishai. Ben Yanatse Besamim, Meforash Bedreira Benu Ariza Kavanot. The Arizal explains what should a person use for the Besamim. I'm not going to read it inside, but he says you should use the Hadassim. If you remember when we spoke about Kiddush, Al-Khod of Kiddush, we mentioned that a person should take the Atzei Besamim and walk around the table with it before making Kiddush and then make a Beracha on it, Borei Atzei Besamim. And it's not any random Hadassim. You're supposed to take two bundles, right? of these two bundles of, of Besamim, which three branches on each one. That's a Chathala where you're supposed to use on Friday night before you begin your Kiddush and you make the blessing of Atzei Besamim on it. Says the Ariza, those same branches of Hadassim are the ones that you're supposed to use also for Motza'e Shabbat, for Havdalah as well. And not only that, there's a special way to smell them. How do you sniff them? I'm going to read it to you inside. Kishayariyah. Yimshok v'yishabariyah b'chotmo shiloshah hamshachot v'shibot when you sniff them, you should sniff them in the following way. Three sniffs after each other. Not just, you know, when you smell, you just take one sniff. And that's it. When you're making the Berachah V'atzei B'Samim Motzei Shabbat, you should sniff three times. Like that. I don't know if you're able to hear it. I heard myself. But you take three sniffs from the Hadassim when you make the Berachah of Borei Atzei B'Samim. Why? Corresponding to three parts of the soul, Nefesh, 
Ruah, and Neshama. That is what Ariza brings down. It's based on the Zohar. The Zohar says the Chathalah is supposed to use Hadassim. And not only that, even the Rishonim bring down. The tool brings down from the name of the Rishonim that he's supposed to use Hadassim. Why? The Zohar explains the souls in Ganaidin come from a place which has Hadassim all around. And therefore, your Neshama, which is benefiting over here, should smell the smell of Hadassim. However, this is very important to keep in mind. And I try myself personally to be makpeed, to try to always also bring besamim, try to buy them out of Shabbat, if, uh, you know, ends up working out. Sometimes, you know, they just don't have them. But when I do have them, and a lot of times they do last more than a week. You keep them in one, they do last. But sometimes they don't have a smell. You have to be careful with hadasim, because at the end of the day, you have to have a smell, a good smell from it. And if it doesn't have a strong smell, it doesn't have a good smell, you can't make a brachav samim. A lot of times people will tell me, no, this has a smell. Here, smell. And I'll smell it, it'll smell like grass. It won't smell like hadassim. Hadassim have a special smell different from all other types of greens. You know, greens have a special smell like a tree. That's not a fragrance. It has to be a fragrant smell. And sometimes I'll tell you even more. You could buy fresh hadassim. And they may not have any smell. So before you come to Havdalah, when you're taking the Hadassim, or whatever you're taking to make Havdalah on, make sure you sample it. You're allowed to sample it without making Barakha, just like food. If you want to taste a food to see if it tastes good or not, you don't want to eat, you just want to taste it, to take a little bite or to drink a little bit just to see what, what it tastes like, if you want to eat it or not, you don't have to make Barakha. Same thing by smell. If you want to smell you want to sniff something to see if it has a smell or if it has a pleasant smell that you enjoy, then you could smell beforehand before making bracha. And I do that all the time. Every time I'm making Abdullah, I personally make the Abdullah most of the time in the shul. And before I make the Abdullah, I sample the Hadassim. Not always does it have a smell. Even if they're brought fresh. Kalvahom if they're not fresh. You have to make sure it has a good smell. Okay. Now the next point that we want to talk about is the bracha to make on the Besamim. You should know there's a difference between Ashkenazim and Sfaradim. Ashkenazim have a minhag that no matter what you use on Motsa'e Shabbat for the Beracha of Besamim, for the Havdalah, you will always make the Beracha of Mine Besamim. That's the rule by Ashkenazim. No matter what you use, you will always say Mine Besamim. Even though the next day, or how about this, a few hours later when they're having Mlave Malka, if they want to take a smell from something that smells good, they make the proper beracha. They might make atzeh besamim or asbeset besamim. When it comes to avdalah, they'll always, that's a standard, they'll always say mine besamim. However, for the sfaradim, our minhag is not that way. Our minhag is to make the correct beracha, the proper beracha by avdalah. It makes no difference for us. So therefore, we've composed a list of items that people commonly use for, for besamim. And what the beracha on it is. To really discuss the berachot of uh, besamim, the halachot of what beracha to make on besamim will take us a full class by itself, at least, if not more. It's in Siman Resh Tedzayin, Siman Resh Tedzayin in Shohan Aruch. This is not our main subject, but because it comes up a lot, we have to know certain halachot. So let's begin. We said the top thing is, the best thing is to use is hadassim. So following list of botai, keep in mind, this is only for the Sfaradim and Motza'i Shabbat, for Havdalah. And if Ashkenazim want to use this list for the rest of the year, or I mean the rest of the week, then also could follow the following list. Hadassim, the bracha of Hadassim is Atseh Besamim. Okay, Atseh Besamim. The general rule is, if the item that you have comes from a 
a bark, a, 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 a branch, then bracha will be atzeb samim. If it has a, the roots of it, is, not the roots, but the stem is hard, then bracha will be atzeb. If the stem is soft, the bracha will be asbe. So let's give an example. Mint leaves that the person just called about. Mint leaves are asbe besamim. Because mint leaves grow, it doesn't make a difference if they grow on the ground or on a tree. It makes a difference if they're soft, if they come from a strong stem, if the stem is hard, or if it's soft. So therefore, mint leaves will be asbe besamim. People use also cinnamon sticks. That's ate besamim. Cinnamon powder, that's also atse besamim because really cinnamon sticks are hard. If you grind it, it makes no difference. It should still be atse besamim. But this is important to keep in mind. For cinnamon powder or cinnamon sticks, you, things that are usually used for food, things that we usually use for food, like the cola just called about mint leaves or whatever it may be. Things that people usually use for food, you have to know, you can't make a bracha of mineh besamim on it if it's usually made for food, unless you take it for specifically for the use of smelling. That means, let's say you're cooking, and you pick up your cinnamon, and you want to put cinnamon in your food, and now you smell the cinnamon, it smells good, you want to make a bracha on it, you want to smell it and make a bracha on it, you don't make a bracha on it. Even if it smells terrific and you love the smell of cinnamon, it doesn't make a difference. You only make a bracha on it if you went the khathala and brought it for the sake of smell. That's why if you're a person that will sometimes or especially every week make habdala on cinnamon in your house, you should buy a special box of cinnamon just for the sake of, uh, of, of habdala or besamim. And designate that only for the sake of besamim. And again, the bracha is atzei besamim. The same thing will be by cloves. The cloves, the bracha should be lechatela, really atzei besamim. But some people have a minhag of making mine besamim. Acham Metzion says you could stick with the minhag. Acham excuse me, Acham Abadiyah says that. And if a person wants to stick with the minhag, he could. But lechatela, cloves are also atzei besamim. Even though it's going to say make mine, we lechatela comes from a stem and it's supposed to be atzei besamim. Next, flowers, roses. If they have a natural smell, the bracha is atzei besamim. The same thing will be by rose water. Rose water is they take basically take the roses and they cook them in liquid and water, and that's what you have. That will be also atzei besamim. All these cases are time Make sure you do the proper bracha, and like we mentioned, make sure that you're taking it for the sake of smell. The things that you usually use for food, like cinnamon, uh, sometimes cloves or mint leaves. Make sure you're taking it specifically for the sake of smell. Otherwise, you cannot make a bracha on it. Another point to keep in mind, if you ever have a doubt what bracha to make on the besamim, on the th- something that smells good, if it's supposed to be asbe or atzeh, you say the bracha of mine besamim. Mine besamim is like shehakol on food. Just like when you say shehakol on any food, you would say dehobab de'abad, if you don't, have a, you don't know what it is. So too, mine besamim, when you're in doubt what bracha to make, you make the bracha of mine besamim. Okay, that is halakha tit. Halakha yod. Now I know I didn't get to the bracha of uh, colognes and perfumes. I'm going to talk about the Razat Hashim when we get to halakha yod alif, I believe. Yeah. Halakha yod. Yizahir shayitol hadas b'sha'at bracha v'inriyah bo k'derech gedilato. 
וכשהוא בעצמו מברך על הכוס, ואז אוחז הדס בשמאלו, צריך שבשבת ברכה שהדס אוחז הכוס בשמאלו והדס במינו, אוקיי? The Ben Yishai is telling us now, simple halakhol, but we still have to know, whenever you make a beracha during the havdalah, uh, whenever you make a beracha on something, and it should be in your right hand, okay? So therefore, if you're beginning the havdalah, and you're beginning with hagefen, so the cup of wine should be in your right hand when you're saying hagefen. When you come up to the hadasim, put the cup, the cup of wine in your left hand, and then take the besamim, in your right hand. You should not put the cup on the table. Keep it in your left hands to show that everything is because of the Havdalah. Everything is coming because of the Havdalah. But when you make the Berachah of Besamim, the Besamim should be in your right hand. When you're done with the Berachah of Besamim, put down the Besamim, and then use your right hand in order to, you know, to look at your fingers when you do the Berachah of Boreh Me'oreh Ha'ish. And then finally, when you're up to the last Berachah of Havdalah, you put the cup of wine back in your right hand. That's a simple halakha. Let's get to halakha yud alif, a very important halakha. We spoke about which types of besamim that you should use. Now you should know, not every besamim is mutar. There's a lot of things that smell good, but you could not, not only could you not use it for havdalah, you can't even make a berakha on it, even throughout the whole year, throughout the whole week even. What is that? Halakha yud alif, he tells us, Im en lo besamim Says ben if you don't have hadasim, then anything that smells good, you can make a bracha. However, the following, you cannot make a bracha. What is that? Tachshit shel zehubin shetolin ha-nashim b'savran ha-dadim u-manihim bo besamish korim kranful asul le-barech alav dezen nekab besamim shel arva. If a person has besamim that women used to wear, used to, women used to wear before, I guess, deodorants, before sprays and everything, women would have like this kind of like, um, basically like a keli, a vessel, a small little cup, a little jar, that they would put besamim inside of it, and then they'd wear it as a chain, and they would keep it on them, and that smells. That, you're not allowed to make a bracha on it. Even if she takes it off, you're not allowed to make a bracha on it. That's called besamim shel arva, which Suhan Aruch talks about, that's asur to make a bracha on it. We'll discuss this in detail a little bit, in, in, in just a minute. And he says of even berach ala b'mosai shabbat, even when it goes ahead and does it by mistake, you're not Yotzei Dehoba and you have to come back and make sure you find the proper Besamim to make a bracha on. There are certain things that we're not allowed to make a bracha on it. Like we just saw, it's something called Besamim Shel Arva. What is Besamim Shel Arva? So like we said, Shohan Aruch talks about Besamim Shel Arva, it's a Gemara, that you're not allowed to make a bracha on it. Why not? Says the Shohan Aruch, you know why? A person might come to kiss or come in contact, in physical contact with the woman. Meaning to say, if she's wearing something on her, she's wearing this jar that has a good smell, and now she's extending it to this man to smell it, he's making bracha. He, just, he might come to grab her hand, he might come to touch her. So therefore, because of those reasons, it is forbidden. Even if one knows for sure that he's tied up and he's not going to do it, still, it's It's forbidden for a person to make a bracha on those fragrances. Okay? Other opinions explain, the Aharonim explain, there's another reason why Besamish Arva is Asur, because it might get the person to think about the Arva. Now this implies, by the way, this applies to any woman which is forbidden on a person, which means even any woman that's not a person's, that's not a person's wife, even his wife in the time that she's Nidah, 
because she's forbidden on a person, any fragrance that a woman is wearing, a person cannot make a bracha on it. Let's give a practical example. A person, a man is making Havdalah on Motzei Shabbat, and a woman, we'll talk about uh, uh, perfumes later, but let's say she has rose water. We all agree on rose water can make a bracha. A woman has rose water, and she's nida, but she has the rose water in the palm of her hand, or she's holding up the jar, and she extends it to her husband to make a bracha on it. It's forbidden. Why? Because since his wife is nida, Halakha says that that's called Besamin Sharava, and therefore you do not make a bracha on it while she's holding it. If she puts it down, uh, here is a little bit of a mahlokit. If she puts it down, so here it makes the following. Everybody will agree if it's something that's not hers, that she's not usually wearing. For example, she has a bottle of rose water, and she puts it down, so everybody agrees that you could pick it up and make a bracha on it. Ashkenazim and Sfaradim. What about something that she usually wears on herself? Your wife is a nida now. Now, she, while she's wearing it, she's holding it, you can't make a bracha on it. What about if she usually has it on her, but now she puts it down? Could you make a bracha on it? So, according to the Ashkenazim, no. Since she's nida, might get you to think about it. Even if she's not holding it, you still can't make a bracha. However, according to the Sfaradim, you could make a bracha on it. You could still make a bracha on these besamim as long as she's not holding it. Even though she's nida, it doesn't make a difference. It's mutar. By the way, this isur also applies to one's own daughter because she's forbidden. If, it, if his daughter is holding also the besamim, also you have to be careful. So therefore, when you have your daughter holding up the besamim, make sure you take it from her in your hand to make the bracha on it. Okay? That is one subject. From that, let's go on to another Question that everybody asks, like we had the caller ask before. Could a person make a bracha on perfumes? Or you know what? Let's use colognes. Because perfumes, you come back to the same But let's use colognes. Colognes made for men. Has a very good smell. Could you make a bracha on it or not? Let's tell you, in, uh, because we can't go into detail with this, we'll tell you in just in very short. If the perfume, if you know that the cologne 100% is a cologne that's made from fragrances that usually smell very well. They just mix it all together. That means they took certain types of flowers and they didn't add anything else. Then everybody agrees you can make a bracha on it and the bracha will be mine besamim. Okay? Since you don't know which things they put in it. However, most perfumes and most colognes are not that way. Most colognes have to go through a process where they mix many different things. Some of them are chemicals. And sometimes these chemicals really smell bad, but because they do something to them, then it ends up being smelling good. For that reason, Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Arbach and Rabbi Yashiv hold that you cannot make a bracha on perfumes. Even Mina Besami, anytime. When I'm not talking about just for Havdalah. Anytime you can't make a bracha. Even though it smells good, you can't make a bracha on it. That's the opinion of Shlomo Zalman Arbach and Rabbi Yashiv. However, Hakam Avadia and Hakam Ben Zion both hold that you can, you could make a bracha on perfumes or on colognes. What will be the bracha? The bracha will be mine besamim. Even if you know for a fact that they used that they used a bad smell, that means they had something in the mixture of this cologne. You look at the ingredients and you see that one of the ingredients is something that smells horrible, but it went through a whole process through chemical reaction or whatever it is, and now it smells very good. It doesn't make a difference. Nachamadia explains why, and Nachamadzion also pretty much say the same thing, and they hold that you couldn't make a bracha of Mine Besamim on it. Now you should know, Hacham in a book, you might see it, Hacham once upon a time used to hold that you cannot make a bracha on regular perfumes like Rav Shalom Zalman Orbach. However, he retracted it, that, that halakha, and in his book, Hazan on 
Halchot Berachot, he writes that you one can, one could make a bracha on perfumes. But I just want to mention a small point that his son Hacham David Yosef has a book, Halacha Berura, where he rules, Hacham David rules that one could not make a bracha on perfumes, on colognes. He cannot make a bracha. He says, and he says that my father also agreed to me. So I don't know how to explain it. You, uh, you know, did Hachamadiyah again retract? I don't know. But that's what he brings down. In any case, this is the halakha. Hacham ben Tzir and Hacham both write that you could make a bracha on colognes. You could make a bracha on it. You can make the bracha of Mineh Besamim, the Ashkenazim, Rav Shomazam, Rav Yashiv, hold that you cannot make a bracha on it. Keep in mind, though, the following two points. Number one, in order to make a bracha of, on perfumes or on colognes, the Taz brings down that you have to be able to see it. If you spray yourself with cologne and then you rub your hands together that you and then you look at your hands, you can't see anything. You can't see any liquid. Even though you might smell it and it smells very good and very strong, you do not make a bracha. That's called reyash en lo shorish. You must have some sort of... The, the same will apply if you have an empty bottle of cologne and now you look inside, there's no more liquid, but it smells great. Or sometimes, you know, the cap of the, of the perfume bottle, of the, of the cologne bottle, smells very good. But there's nothing there. That's called reyash en lo shorish. And you cannot make a bracha on it, according to all opinions. Even acham badiyah. You must be able to see something tangible. Same thing would be by rose water. If you have rose water in the palm of your hand, if you could see the rose water, you can make a bracha. If you can't see the rose water because it was absorbed by your hands, then you could not make a bracha according to all opinions. Another point to keep in mind is that in order to make a bracha on fragrances, on anything that's, uh, that smells good, it has to be a fragrance that's made in order to give off a good smell, as opposed to a fragrance that's made to get rid of a bad smell. I'll give you an example. Lysol, that's an air freshener. An air freshener smells good. You can get whatever smell you like. You can get, I don't know, vanilla, and they have uh, whatever. I don't know. They have good smells, okay? So you have all these air fresheners, and they smell fantastic. They smell like lemon. It smells great. But they're not made in order to give off a good smell. They're made in order to get rid of bad smell. You use it in the bathroom, use it in the kitchen, use it when the when uh, kids make it in the middle of the living room. That's what you use it for, to get rid of bad smell. So therefore, you don't make a bracha on air fresheners. The same thing will be by, you know, those fragrances that they put in bathrooms, like they, they put them like in these bottles in order that the bathrooms should smell good. So they smell very good. You cannot take that out and make a bracha on it because it's made in order to get rid of a bad smell. Another example would be deodorants. A lot of deodorants smell fantastic. They smell wonderful. They smell great. But deodorants are made in order to get rid of a bad smell. Since they're made to get rid of a bad smell, also these cannot be used on. Uh, these you cannot be you cannot use it to make a bracha on it. And for sure, obviously, you cannot use it for habdalah or matzah shabbat. So therefore, if you're stuck and you don't have anything. You don't have hadasim, you don't have cinnamon, you don't have rose water, you don't have perfumes if you're sfaradi. You don't have anything to make a besamim. What should you do? The answer is, you don't use deodorants, you don't use air fresheners, you, you just don't make a brachah besamim. Why not? What do you mean? It's part of the havdalah. Although besamim is part of the havdalah, but it's not ma'akiv, which means the havdalah still works even without using besamim. And just later on in the evening, whenever you find besamim, you make a brachah besamim. You could still go ahead with the beracha of besamim. I'm excuse me. You can still go ahead with the with the whole havdalah if you're not besamim. This happens, by the way, in shuls. 
<coughs> I know this happened to us a few times until we decided to come smart about it and do something about it. But basically, we had a person that used to donate every single Mosai Shabbat. He would bring before Shabbat, obviously, he would bring the Hadassim. And that was his thing, that was his mitzvah. He would sponsor the Hadassim for the Shul, Motzei Shabbat, everybody, you know, he goes and cuts it, everybody gets a branch from the Hadassim, and that's how we'd make the Havdalah. And it happens sometimes, you know, especially in the winter, he was in the rush, he forgot about it completely, or there was no Hadassim, so now the Shul didn't have any Hadassim, so what do we do? In that case, since we have nothing to make Atzei Samim on, so therefore, we don't make a Bracha of Atzei Samim. We continue, we go ahead with the Havdalah, would say the Bracha of Gefen, Bracha of on the light, on the fire, and then the Bracha of Havdalah, and then when you go home, you make your own Bracha of Besamim on cinnamon or whatever, something else that smells good. And that's important to keep in mind, Abotai, that if you don't have Besamim, you just don't make it. Don't go ahead and make the wrong Bracha, but you will make it later on in the evening, but you only have Motzei Shabbat to make a Bracha on it. Once Motzei Shabbat is over, you lost it. What does that mean, you lost it? doesn't mean, it, you could still make a Bracha of other B'nai Besamim, but as far as the Mitzvah of Havdalah that you need it for Motzei Shabbat, technically it only works on Mata'e Shabbat. That is up till now the halachot of Besamim. I believe we covered it in full. And now we'll get to the berachot, to the halachot of Havdalah, the fire for Havdalah. That is halacha yudbet until halacha tetvav. I hope with the short amount of time that we have, we'll be able to cover it. So therefore, if you have any questions and you'd like to call in, the number is 718-683-5858. Although we recommend you call in after 3 o'clock. And if you have any comments you want to text in, you could text in at 347-927-8398. Okay, let's get to Halakha Yudbet. You know what? I'm not going to read inside. I'm going to say everything outside in order that we should cover everything that we need. The Gemara says that we make one of the Berachot is Boreh Oreha Ish. How come? So the Gemara says in Masech Pesachim that Adam had shown had this fantastic idea of Shabbat. What happened? Keep in mind, Adam Rishon was the only one in the world, right? Him and Havva. And when he sinned on Arab Shabbat, Hashem felt bad for him. So he let, because Shabbat was coming, he allowed the sun to stay on for throughout the whole duration of Shabbat. So there's no darkness throughout all of Shabbat. Once Shabbat was finishing, the sun was setting, and all of a sudden it started to get darker and darker and darker till there was no lights at all. Nothing! No street, nothing. Can you imagine a world complete of darkness? Adam and Yishon thought, Oh, this is what Hashem meant when He told me, Don't eat from the tree because the day you eat from it, you're going to die. I see the world has shut down and now I'm going to die next. And then all of a sudden, Adam and Yishon got this wonderful idea. The Gemara tells us that Hashem put it in His head to take two stones and to knock them against each other, creating a fire. And that's how Adam and Yishon came to create fire. He didn't create fire, Hashem gave him the idea of bringing out fire by knocking two stones. When did that happen? Motzei Shabbat. And therefore, in commemoration of the fire that was created on Motzei Shabbat, every Motzei Shabbat we come and we make a beracha on the fire. Now, this beracha, we'll talk about it more later on, this beracha is a beracha, there's a discussion if it's Berachat HaShebah or Berachat HaNehenin. You're not really making Berachat over here because the benefit of fire, it's not like the Berachat you would make when a person is smelling something good. When you smell something good, anytime you smell something good, you make a Berachat on it. Just like eating. You want to come to eat something, you make a blessing on it. It's not the same thing over here by the fire because technically, if you're making Berachat on fire because you're benefiting from the fire, so anytime you see fire or anytime you benefit from the light of the fire, you should technically make a Berachat. However, 
That's not the reason why we make it. We make it only in commemoration of this miracle, or not this miracle, but this, uh, this idea that Hashem put in Adam HaRishon's head on Motsa'i Shabbat. Keep that in mind. It's going to be needed for later on. Before we come to talk about all what the, what the fire is needed, what we need for the fire, you have to know that there are certain, not every fire is going to be mutar to make a bracha on it. Just because you see a flame doesn't mean you can just go ahead and make a bracha of boreme or ish. Why? First of all, the fire itself cannot be fire that was lit be'isur. Anytime the fire was lit be'isur, you cannot make a bracha on it. Let's give you a few examples. Let's say a Jew on Shabbat puts on a fire. He lights a candle. Why? Whatever. He puts it on because he wants to see better. And that candle stays lit till Motzei Shabbat. You cannot make a bracha on it now on Motzei Shabbat. Why? Since it was lit by a Jew on Shabbat and that's Asur. Another example is a guy who lights a candle even to give him light but in order to celebrate his festivals which are Abu Dazara. For example, let's say on Xmas he has uh, candles that are lit in his house because in honor of his holiday of Xmas or New Year's that's clearly Abu Dazara, according to Mosul Shonim Christianity is Abu Dazara. So you are now, it happens to be Saturday night, Motzei Shabbat, and you need a light. You can't take that light from the Goy. Why? Because that light was lit for the sake of Abu Razara, in honor of Abu Razara, and that's called the light that's lit Be'isur. I'll tell you even more. Halakha brings down that if a Goy on Shabbat lights a candle for himself, not for another Jew, for himself, he needs light, he puts on the candle. You cannot use that same light on Motzei Shabbat since if you would have lit it on Shabbat, it would have been Asur. You know what is Mutar? If he lights it when Halakha permits him to light it. For example, let's say you need a light and you know we don't have we have electricity today, but let's say you don't have electricity, you need a, a light to be put on and you ask the guy to put it on for a sick person or for children when it's Mutar, whenever it's Mutar, in that case, since the light was lit with permission, then you could use it for the Berakha on Motza'e Shabbat. Okay, that is which lights you could use. Another point to keep in mind, and this is very important, because today we have electricity, and so this halakha in one way becomes easy, in one way becomes more difficult. You have to know that the light that you put on has to be for the purpose of providing light. Fire provides heat, and it provides also light. Even when it provides light, sometimes the light is not made to provide light, it's made just out of honor. I'll give you an example. A yardside candle. Why do you light a yardside candle? You think that because the, the soul of the dead is going to walk around and it's going to see better when you light the yardside candle? Obviously not. But rather you're lighting the yardside candle in honor of the deceased. So the yardside candle is not coming to light up the night. It's coming for what? Just an honor. Another example, the Nerot Hanukkah, the lights that we light on Hanukkah. We, you know, when we light the Hanukkah, what do we say? We say, en lanu reshut We have no permission to have benefit from the lights of the menorah. We're just there to see. They're not made to light. They're just made for the sake of the mitzvah. Which would mean that on Motza'e Shabbat, if a person wants to make a bracha on fire, which is bracha Maria Esh, you can't just use any fire. You cannot use Nerot Hanukkah. You cannot use the candles of Hanukkah. You cannot use the Yotzai candles either. Because the Yotzai candle is made for an honor and the Nerot Hanukkah are made for what? They're made for the sake of an, uh, of an honor, to honor the deceased. So therefore, 
those are out of the question. You cannot use it for the blessing of Borei Meorei on Motzei Shabbat. Another thing to keep in mind also, if the fire was lit, not for the sake of providing light, but for the sake of what? For the sake of, um, for the sake of warming up. We all have stoves in our house. We all put on our stoves in order to cook. So you have your blech on, which is that metal sheet that's covering the stove top. And now, right, you want to go over to the blech. You want to look under, and you want to use the fire on the stove for the beracha of boreme oreha esh. That is forbidden. Why? Because the fire that was lit on the stove was lit for the purpose of what? It was lit for the purpose of providing heat to cook. It was not lit in order to provide light. However, if you want, if you have no other choice, let's say, and you want to use the stovetop, you want to use your stove, the fire on the stove, for the sake of of uh, the bracha borei me'ara'ish, and you're lighting it now for that sake, that's butai, that's fine. Good? The same thing would be a butai. Now, this is going to be simple, but a fireplace, or let's say you're making a bonfire. You're away now in the mountains, it's the summertime, and Motzei Shabbat, they're making this big bonfire, and you miss Abdallah. And when you made Abdallah, there was no candle, and now you see this big, huge bonfire. And the bonfire, by the way, is usually made not to provide light. It's made so it could give a little bit of warmth. It makes a, a very nice mood around. Or a fireplace in the winter, which is made to provide heat or to give it a nice look in the, you know, in the house. All these, you cannot make a bracha on it, which is pashut to say now. Also, cigarettes. If you see the fire on top of a cigarette, also, you cannot make a bracha on a lit cigarette, even though it could provide you with light, but the person was person who's lighting a cigarette, he's lighting in order to cut down on his life so he could smoke a little bit. That's why cigarettes are being lit. You should know. If a person does make a bracha on everything that we said where you cannot make a bracha, the bracha is not yotze, even b'di'abad. Don't think that, oh, b'di'abad works. No, even b'di'abad, the bracha doesn't work. Okay? Now, everybody knows the following halakha. The halakha says that you could, you need to have avuka. Avuka means a flame. You shouldn't, for bore meoreha esh, you should, because we're saying meore, which is plural, you should have more than one flame. So although what we just told you above, you cannot use them for the bracha of bore meoreha esh, but they can be used when you have a kosher candle and you want to just add this other candle. Let's say you have a yotzai candle and you have a regular candle. So you light your regular candle, now you want to join it together with the yotzai candle to make this double flame, that is mutar. We'll talk about the double flame soon anyway. That is Halakha Yud Bet. Let's go to Halakha Yud Gimel. And again, we're not going to go inside in Halakha Yud Gimel. In Halakha Yud Gimel, the Ben Yishai talks about cases where a person is, it's not so relevant in our days, but cases where lechatalai you're not supposed to make a bracha on it. In a case, somebody made a bracha on it, it will be mutar bediavad. What is that? Let me just tell you very quickly. So today we have electricity that's not so common. But once upon a time, let's say, you know, when the only light that you had is from these type of lights, you know, the, the ones that people lit in their own houses. So we said that a goy who lights uh, uh, on Shabbat, you cannot take from him, you cannot take the uh, the flame from him. But if you lit from his flame, mutalla However, if a goy goes and lights his candle from another goy, then you cannot use the second goy's Light, even though it was lit only on Motzei Shabbat. Why it's exeda, you might come to use the first goy's light. A little complicated, and it's not so practical, so I'm not going to get into it, but as at the shame, you look at it in Halakha Yud Gimel, it's also brought down Shohan Aruch. 
Halakha Yudalit, very, very important. Halakha Yudalit talks about a very important halakha, and that is if the flame, it's a wrote down really from the Yushami, Maran Shohan Aruch brings it down in Seif Tedvav. If the flame is in the vessel, like in the lantern, you can't make the bracha on the on the Boreh Me'ar-ish while it's inside the vessel, while it's in the lantern. You have to take it out. You need two conditions in order to be able to make a bracha on fire. Number one is that you must be able to see the fire directly without anything stopping in between. Number two is you need to be able to benefit from the light, the rays. You know, in fire there's also rays. Some, sometimes you don't see the sun for example, we benefit from the sun, not directly, necessarily from, directly from the sun, from the rays of the sun, it provides light. Let's say you're sitting in your house and you see that the sun is shining through your window. That's the rays of the sun coming in. Same thing by a flame. When you have a flame and you're just benefiting from the rays of the flame, that's not good enough. You have to be able to see the flame as well as benefit from its rays. If you don't have these two conditions, you cannot make a bracha on it. So therefore, if you have something in a box, if you have a flame inside of a box, and you only see the radiance, the light out of it, you, can, you cannot make a beracha. Same thing would be in the shul, the Benish brings down. Let's say you make a beracha in shul, <clears throat> and now you, you're, you're lighting the beracha in, excuse me, let's start again. Let's say you're in shul, and now that you're in shul, the person has the candle, the Havdalah candle, and you're sitting far enough that you're able to benefit from the rays, but you can't see the flame itself. There are too many people ahead of you. You're sitting in the back row and there's so many people in front of you, you can't see the person with the flame. But you see the, the, the rays of the, let's say they shut off the candles in shul, even though you don't have to, but let's say they shut off the lights in shul. And from the Havdalah candle, you get the rays, you still cannot make a bracha. Even though it's there and you know it's there, but you don't see it. You have to be able to see the flame and benefit from the light. That is a very important halakha to keep in mind, which brings us now to electricity. Can a person make a bracha on electricity? Now, it's a known thing that two great Ashkenazi Gedolim, at least two, used to make a bracha on electricity, Lechathila. Who are these two great Gedolim? Rab Chaim Grodensky and Rab Chaim Salvechik, right? The, the, Brisker, the, the Briskorov's father, Rab Chaim Brisk. They used to make a bracha on electricity, and the bracha Boreme Oreha Esh, so this way they, would, they wanted to make a point to show everybody that. Don't think electricity is uh, mutar. It's asur de oraita. It's regular fire. However, the uh, when we get to halacha lemaase, though, making bracha of boreme or on electricity has a few problems with it. Well, first of all, what's the problem? Number one is electricity is in the glass, right? That's how you're able to look at any electricity. The light is in the glass, so therefore, it's like the we said beforehand. Since it's in the glass, it's covered. You don't see the flame directly. That should be a problem. Also, according to others, the fire that we have, the fire that we have in electricity is not 100% fire, although it's fire because of Habara, but the fire that we make on Berea Esh is something that consumes. And maybe with the Hazal Hazal Institute that we have to make a bracha on fire, it has to be a fire, like the meaning of fire, which means a fire that consumes, and electricity doesn't consume. Another problem is, like Ahmed Sion explains, is that Although when you initially started putting on the fire, it's you're you're putting your mavair, but the way the fire can the excuse me the way the electricity continues to burn is by a new current coming every single moment afterwards. 
So maybe that doesn't work either. Also, the reason a lot of opinions explain that the rachav bore me'orei ha'esh, the lights of fire, is because fire has many different shades, many different colors. You look at the fire sometimes. There's, there's a blue, there's a red, there's a yellow, there's orange. Not so when it comes to electricity. There's only one color. So because of all these reasons, a lot of poskim say, do not make a bracha on electricity. In fact, if you're sfaradim, then it's a sur to make a bracha on electricity or barim ha'esh, because we hold, we're more mahmir on safik brachot la'akil, and that's the opinion of Hacham You cannot make a bracha of barim ha'esh on Motzei Shabbat on electricity. That is halakha. If you have nothing else, you cannot make it on electricity. However, in the Ashkenazim, I saw Pesket Uvot, he brings a few opinions, some the uh, Obviously, some people more recent. The Mahze Abraham, Safnat Paneh, the Raghachavar Rabbi. They hold that if there's nothing, nothing else, then relying on what we said above, I mean to say in the name of Chaim Ozer and of Chaim Soloveitchik, you couldn't make a bracha on electricity when you have nothing else. Ah, you tell me the problem is covered up in the case. So there are opinions on Matir if it's a clear case. But just make sure though, that even those who are material electricity for the Ashkenazim, only when it, there's no other choice, you need to make sure that it's not a fluorescent light. Also, that the glass that's covering the electricity should be clear glass, like they have by light bulbs. Sometimes they have certain light bulbs where the electricity, excuse me, where the glass is, is you know, it's, it's white. It's not clear. Like they have, you know, by the energy, energy saver bulbs. It has to be clear glass. If it's not a clear glass, even Ashkenazim do not permit this. So make sure it's only a clear glass. Okay? Now, somebody wants to know, what about a person wearing glasses? Does a person wearing glasses have to take it off? And the answer is no. Because glasses is not covering the fire. The fire is exposed. Your eyes are covered by the glasses. And not only that, if anything, the glasses enhance the way you see the fire. Without it, you might not be able to see so well. So therefore, for this and a few other reasons, it's brought down that you don't have to take off your glasses when you make the bracha of bore me'ore ha'esh. Okay? This is an important halakha. And we ran out of time. I'm sorry, we don't have enough time to go over. We still have a few more halakhot of how to look at your fingers when it comes to brachat bore me'ore ha'esh. But I believe we covered... Good enough, Barzat Hashem. Anybody who has a question, you can call into the radio station right now. I'll be here for the next 15 minutes to answer any questions that you have. Or you can text it in. The number to call in is 718-683-5858. Again, 718-683-5858. And if you want to text in any question or comment, the text line is 347-927-8398. Until then, we'll see you next week. Barzat Hashem will continue. Hopefully, we'll try to finish Alachot by next week. Alachot of Abdallah. Before we get to Elul in two weeks away, Barzat Hashem, have a wonderful week and a wonderful Shabbat. I'd like to give a thank you to J Root Radio and Iran for hosting us. Have a wonderful day.